2: What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or, well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available, do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner. And let us wet our beak. M-I-Z. Z. Let's
0: throw it. Slam it.
3: This bug's for you, Missouri. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock, deep, near side. Jamon Moore.
0: It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett Run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day.
1: This is the MazzotCast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the MazzotCast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Santa's little helper, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Also with us is recently fired mall Santa, Caleb Bungart.
2: Happy Honda Days.
1: <laughs> it is Honda Days. That is days the reason
2: the- you got fired, is that mall Santa. That <laughs> and touching the children inappropriately. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, really, any touching, I recommend not doing yeah, I'm like Roy Moore now. I am banned <laughs> from the all. <laughs> but you can still run for Senate. Yes, in so Alabama. And sort of
3: probably win.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, it is the 26th of December while we're recording this, and we have a lot to talk about. There has been a lot of basketball news going on, and of course, the Tigers' big bowl game down in Houston, the Texas Bowl, is tomorrow evening. Fellas, where should we start? Let's start with, I guess, the basketball game. In St. Louis, the arch-rivalry bragging rights game, Mizzou versus Illinois. Basketball times. It's a season where we can actually talk about basketball, thank Christ. We had a lot of hopes going into this game, and the first half, it didn't look like the uh, Mizzou Tigers basketball team was aware. That everybody was excited for this one. Yeah, everybody but our basketball team was really excited, Mm -hmm. including
2: Illinois and their fans.
1: Yeah, we went into halftime, I think down by
3: what, 20? It was 19 last time I looked Mm -hmm. when I was digging into my drink.
1: Yeah, it was, it was brutal. No one played. We, I think we missed every three pointer we took and we turned the ball over every other possession. We had, So many turnovers. Yeah, we had like four of a 100 from three-point land Mm -hmm. and had like 22 turnovers and still ended up almost winning. Yeah, losing by six and getting right back in that game. Second half, they played a lot better. I think the uh, glaring issue on this team besides not having Michael Porter on the court is the lack of a point guard?
2: Yeah, that's what I wrote down. I think it was really apparent when we lost West Virginia. The minute they st- they started to press, we had zero answer for it. Conzo Martin has no clue what he wants to do at the point guard position. One game it's Geist, one game it's Phillips. We also have Blake Harris. Blake Harris, who's being pushed into that role. I saw somebody saying, "Oh, we've got to get Blake Harris playing point, or this is get- this season is just fucking done for." And it's like, why does it have to be Blake Harris? I mean, he's not that he's played badly, but he hasn't really done anything. From the point guard position, we're like, well, that's the guy we really need to get going. I, I think I can make a case for
1: Blake Harris. He's the young guy. He's more of the future than the other two. No, mean, certainly, I- Geist has no future. Terrence Phillips is <laughs> a senior. He is a very limited yeah. ceiling. I think Blake Harris has a tall ceiling, and I think it, it does him no service to have the constantly rotating, revolving door of mm-hmm. point guards. If you are going to play Blake Harris, keep him in there. Let him get it
2: going. I agree with that. I mean, Geis is a fire starter. He's a spark. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? He's the guy you want to come off the bench. He will may hit a three-pointer. He's going to get in somebody's jock strap on defense, but you cannot have him out there too many minutes. He will, he's a fucking Tasmanian devil. Mm-hmm.
1: If you he want could, him to handle the ball, you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah he's shooter. he's, he's yeah. Jason Sutherland without talent.
2: Yeah. He just, Conzo just can't get enough of the kid because he's obviously hard nosed and he he's a guy that just climbs into his whoever he's guarding he's going to climb into their lower intestine and small start a small campfire mm-hmm. and you like that mm-hmm. you need that at some he's point he's gluten <laughs> yeah he's like a uh, gluten to a celiac ridden uh, person's intestinal tract mm-hmm. but uh, or a silly person who thinks they have every uh, made up <laughs> yeah exactly
1: shout out to my cousin <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so if the game is starting to lull a little bit if you see some lethargic play out there Geist is a guy you can bring out and uh, may bring a little energy to the court, but mm-hmm. he is overexposed when he plays point guard. Yeah. And Phillips, every time I start to go, you know what, Phillips is not a bad point guard. He's mm-hmm. doing it. He's getting it done. Then he does something really stupid. Mm-hmm. And then he does something really stupid, the next possession, and the next possession. And it's like he just stacks up stupid on stupid on stupid. Yeah, on and three straight that, possessions, and you go, oh, wait, that's who he is. Well, he has no shot. and
1: it, well, I mean, although shooting isn't what you always ask of your point guard. It would be nice if when your
2: point guard took a shot, there was a chance in hell it went in the hoop. Well, not and, only that, he's he, he's got no shot, and he's unafraid to take shots. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like, I'll fire it, I'll shoot that ball in that rock.
1: And then shooting guard Cassius Robertson, who is our supposed to be our three point wizard, he couldn't make anything. Nobody could make. But he anything has any been
2: anymore. a consistent three point yeah. shot up to that game, and but we took a lot of three point shots. The shooting and on was going to come
3: to an end at some point because they were just lights They were over forty percent from yeah. three point. Well, and everybody game.
2: knows you
1: live at the three point line, you die at the three point line, and that's all we were doing. And I kind of don't understand it. We do have some good shooters. But we also have this massive man beast in Jeremiah Tillman, who was there to play against. You Illinois, talk about a guy it. who
2: went straight hot dog water against a team that he hot was recruited by. Water. I mean, he dribbled off his foot. He couldn't mm-hmm. handle the ball. I mean, the first possession, when well, we he, he fucking went to him, straight either. to the fucking block and went inside, we didn't. But I mean, he did not. <laughs> he did not cash in on many opportunities yeah. that night. He was really. You could tell he was. He was amped up, and it showed. In general, I wish we just would go inside more because he is yeah. there
1: and he is good. If he's within three feet of the hoop, generally just jams. Well, it I'd down. much
2: rather see Jonte Porter work in the basket than fire up three pointers. Yeah. You know, he was hitting one or two of those once in a while when we were playing dumpy opponents. Mm-hmm. But that's not where I want Jonte Porter shooting from. And If you had a Jonte Porter with an open three look, it's like, I don't mind that. But when that game was coming to nut-cutting time on two consecutive possessions, we went to Jonte Porter for a three-pointer, and they were both clangs. Mm-hmm. And you're going, that's not. What you're looking for, you know what I mean. (laughs) The real baller in this game
1: was Barnett.
2: Yeah, and the real baller who dis who is frustrating for this reason, is Purrier, who will one game score twenty-four, the next game just completely fucking disappear. And in Illinois against Illinois, he fucking completely disappeared. Mm -hmm. They obviously, you know, I don't know if the announcers know anything that we don't. They talk to the coaches, obviously, for the game and stuff, but they They actually to one of the players. They talked to. They actually Illinois said that I guess they were concentrating on Purrier. Like we need to take Purrier out of the game. I feel like that's a load of shit Mm. because if you're going to take somebody out of this game. Or any game for that matter against Missouri, I think Barnett would be your yeah the guy you concentrate on.
3: I think that guy's going to be a pro. I mean, he really has the body and everything to develop in the NBA. Basketball very athletic,
2: player. very athletic, and yeah. but to me, the, the guy who is taking the Michael Porter Jr. role as far as like being able to put it on his shoulders a little bit and sort of controlling the tempo of the game is Cassius Robertson. Yeah, he reminds me of Gilbert years back, when you know, the guy is fucking hot. He can just shoot it from anywhere, falling away from the basket and just shoosh, shoosh, shoosh. and that's what we really lacked against Illinois. It's yeah. like he just wasn't hitting. Mm-hmm. And you're basically watching Barnett just grab his fucking lunch pail and go to work and trying to keep Mizzou in this game.
1: It was frustrating to watch for a lot of reasons, and not the least of which after that game was over, I just looked at it and was like, We well, were a better team than Illinois. Yeah. I mean, we were down by twenty. Because of our own mistakes,
2: it was just mistakes after turnover after, after turnover, which has been another problem for Missouri. I mean, the lack of point guard probably is the biggest part of that. But we have been very turnover prone.
3: Well, we only have two guys on the court to handle the ball at all because the big guys cannot dribble it from one into another. No. You can't hand them the ball.
2: Well, and easily the two, the the combination of the worst game for both of our big guys, mm-hmm. Tillman and uh, John both had bad games.
1: And I'm starting to think, Alan, oh, you said during the football season, that like a teams. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That uh, have dual quarterback systems that if you have two quarterbacks, you, you have, have no, no quarterbacks. Board. That's right. I, I kind of think if you have three point guards, you have no point guard. Yeah, that's exactly right. So where does that leave us? I think we're about 10-3 and three now entering SEC play. They've got some time off. The goal has always been to get into the tournament. We're in a good place to do that, but we've got a much tougher SEC conference this season than we've had in years past.
2: I feel like they're at least starting to figure out what they're going to do as far as the players who are going to be on the court, the rotations maybe a little bit. You know, at the beginning of the year, they were just fucking subbing guys in nonstop. They've
3: weeded out Vander. Yeah, I was gonna
2: say Vander Vander Sex doesn't pay thirty three minutes a night anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you could I could have told Konzo Martin to not do that mm-hmm. from the get go. He didn't need to have you know some a Blame. lot of thirty three minute nights for Vander Sex to to figure mm-hmm. that riddle out. Yeah, I, I was telling Brennan, um the other day when we were watching the game. I want Konzo Martin and any brand new coach to have to watch. The previous season's basketball games and not on game film, but watch the television broadcast of the previous season's games. You know what I mean? And l- hear other people's opinions <laughs> and like kind of just feel the flow of the crowd and everything versus watching it on mute mm-hmm. with, you know, with from the coach's view on a, with some AD kid fucking <laughs> recorded. Cause I feel like Vandersacks would have not have played nearly as yeah, much in the I beginning. Think
1: it, it- you get a better pulse for the uh, the atmosphere of these games. Well, I think
2: coaches in basketball and football don't want anyone else's opinion. No. They have no, no use for it, but I think it's not a bad thing. You when know you I mean? get a
1: multi-million dollar contract, it tells you, you know better than everybody else, <laughs> yeah, so I'm don't sure. listen to anybody else. It's not always true, but that's what it tells that's you. It tells, it tells, it tells you. the person yeah. getting the contract. When
2: you're cashing these checks, it's like, hell,
1: I know everything. Look at the size of these checks. Yeah.
2: I must know something. Yeah. An MPJ, still not playing, but sitting on the bench, giving everyone some sort of eternal hope. Shooting yeah.
1: baskets before the game. Yeah, and putting out cryptic tweets, getting everybody boners.
2: Well, I talked to uh orthopedic back surgeon about the MPJ injury. After hearing his explanation of the injury, I think I feel like I kind of have an idea what's going on with Michael Porter Jr. So, the way he described this to me, this injury is a pinched nerve, mm-hmm. right, in the disc. And so, what they do is they go in and they drill a hole, and it immediately relieves pressure from this nerve. So... If he was having a lot of back pain as a result of this, the minute he gets out of that surgery, he feels like 100 times better, which could explain the very quick cryptic tweaks. Like, I feel great, coach. I'm ready to play basketball. My back doesn't hurt anymore. The problem is this hole they drilled is not stable. You know, he can collapse it and go right back to where he's at. And so he's he's telling the coaches and the doctors, I feel fucking terrific. Let's play basketball. And they're going, you can't yet. I know you feel better, but you're not better. And I think that's part of what's going on is he feels a lot better. Because like I said, if this doctor is right, the relief came instantaneously. Well, from the doctor is right
3: because he graduated from Buttfuck University. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I didn't want to get into his credentials, <laughs> yeah. but yes,
2: he he was, he was top of his class at Buttfuck mm-hmm. University. Yeah. But regardless, this guy said, I mean, he could come back this season maybe, but it's not nearly as optimistic as people going like, "Oh, you know, first thing of uh, January, middle of January, he's back." It's like this guy's like in the February, mhm, maybe. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so I don't know and this is like I said this is some doctor who does not see Michael Porter Jr just a guy who is familiar with the kind of surgery he had so
1: I think it's coming has has performed down. It. it's going to come down to he will be he could play if he would choose to but the question is will he choose to because his NBA career is obviously going
2: to be more important well, to
1: him all the indications
2: him. from people that know him is that he wants to right so will people with clear with you know clear heads prevail and say, I know you want to play, kid, but is it worth it? Yeah, his agent won't want him. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's hired one of those yet. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh you know, he talked during the basketball game in Illinois. He interviewed he with talk ESPN. To? ESPN. ESPN. ESPN mm-hmm. talked to him. Yeah, ESPN, oh. too. There may have been some um, parameters set on that interview because mm-hmm. no one would ask him about his injury or when he'd be back. Right. So it seems like questions that the, the world might be interested in knowing. Right. Right. Um, but it did get the press box super friends good and revved up. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends.
2: Yeah, they
1: definitely felt entitled to uh, an interview with Michael Porter Jr. since they're around all the time.
2: Michael Porter Jr. obviously did not feel the same way. Well, Dave Manner pointed out ESPN 2 broadcast crew about to interview Michael Porter Jr. He hasn't talked to the local reporters since Kansas game on October 22nd. Cool. Sour grapes. It's like, Caleb, you think you said it for the show. He's a national story, so he talks to national reporters. hmm there's no he he. There's no upside for him talking to Dave Matter, and all the grousing by Dave Matter in the world is not going to make any difference. No. Do you think Michael Porter Senior and Michael Porter Junior went home and saw that scathing tweet and be like, "We better get to the local press right away"? Mm-hmm. And they went, oh, you know what? Fuck off. Don't you I'm going to go Dave sleep Matter- on my hundred dollar bills."
1: Don't you think Dave Matter really hopes that Conzo saw it more than uh, the Porters?
2: Yeah, probably. And you know, of course, Gabe said, "Ah, uh, yes, I will." Gabe Diarman, that is. Said, yes, I will retweet every local reporter who points this out because it should be pointed out.
3: Here's, and here's the thing about that. Console probably doesn't give a fuck either mm-hmm. for the simple fact that recruits don't read newspapers about stuff. Well, well you don't think 19 year old
2: kids read newspapers? Absolutely probably? not.
3: <laughs> that's weird. I, I don't believe that they do. <laughs> so, why, do, you know, why, if that's what he's
1: doing it for, he's shouting up the wrong. Well, train. what about blogs? Because some of these people are bloggers. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's <laughs> what, that's what, does Gabe Yarman not understand that, you know, when ESPN asks you for an interview, it's not. Not the same as a local internet blogger asking you for an interview. If those aren't those are those scales are not completely balanced.
3: It would even be different if a guy was like, "I'm from YouTube. I put highlights of you dunking on people and then interview you." They'd be like, "Yeah, because that's what fucking kids do." <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: YouTube's the coolest. Yeah,
3: yeah they're not sixty two. Well, I some fucking. Twitter,
2: like, "What are you so pissed about?" Get he's like, "Who said I was pissed?" It's like, "Well, you just said it needs to be pointed out." I mean, so. I just, you know what I mean? What is your emotion? Yeah, exactly. Very, very uh, cagey. I'm
3: pretty sure Brad Pitt doesn't go through the man-eater
2: every time he wants to <laughs> get the fucking interview. Yeah, you don't think? <laughs> no. He's got a new movie coming out. He goes yeah. straight to the man-eater. Right, right to the man-eater. To he just found that Shiloh's close. He is fucking pissed with the old
1: location. No, yeah. So So, guys, the next game is at South Carolina, Final Four team from last year. We get an immediate test in SEC play. If we win that game on the road, I think we're looking pretty damn good, but that is going to be a tall order I can not imagine we're favored.
3: I wonder if Frank Martin's going to have an interview where he talks about how great Missouri is this year, like he did last year. No, so. My question
1: is whether Konzo went to Illinois' locker room after the game and told them what a great team they were.
2: <laughs> I don't know, but um, get ball candy and lollipops. I don't feel like coaches are going to be near feel nearly as compelled to lube up their fucking right hand and jack off Conzo Martin the way they did Kim Anderson all year last year. Yeah. Those are, this obviously well, that, a fraternity a of guys. Yeah, exactly. All those guys are obviously within a fraternity where they know their jobs are very tenuous. You know, mm-hmm. it's like one, year, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Everybody gets fired and they feel some sympathy for a guy who is, on you know, by all accounts, well liked and obviously on his way out. And so, you know, Frank Martin go, <laughs> spits in the old hand, tug, tug. He's got <laughs> you know? a big hand. Yeah, he does. Strong grip. Well, but if, 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 everything's anatomically correct with Kim Anderson, there's other big things to worry about. So, you know, need that big hand.
1: <laughs> I think that's a perfect point to end on and go into our first break, guys. And then we're going to talk about bowl season, particularly Texas bowl, Missouri yeah. Tiger going up against the Longhorns. So we're done talking about Kim Anderson's cock size. Well, we can go right back into that, Colin, if you've got more to add. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> All right. So let's do it. This is the Mazadcast. We'll be back.
2: bought got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve. you can say there's no such thing as santa but as for me and grandpa we believe
1: all right guys we're back
2: she've been drinking
1: so uh the texas bull what do you think we're 7 and 5 looking to go 8 and 5 be the second team ever to go 1-5 and five and finish the season 8-5. and five.
2: Well, based on uh, what you know about Texas, I've got somewhere in the neighborhood of eight players who are either going to be suspended, injured, or uh, sitting out for the draft. Mm-hmm. And Mizzou is a two-point
1: favorite. They're a two-point favorite, although I saw recently ESPN's Power Index says that on their matchup predictor that uh, they think Texas is going to win this thing, 59%. See, so I, I, I look at those circumstances and go, Mizzou should win by two touchdowns? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing is, Texas is, has a better defense than us, barely. ESPN owns uh, Longhorn Network.
2: <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. As much as anything, they're probably just trying to get Texas fans to turn on TV. Yeah, that's a, a lot. That, of them. I think
1: if, as far as enthusiasm, and it's hard to gauge enthusiasm. I think Missouri fans, you know, Missouri hasn't been in a bowl for three years, and they hate Texas, and we hate Texas, and especially after the Los Dodds said that uh, Texas's worst years were better than Mizzou's best years. Here's a clear chance for us to stick it up their ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, Texas had a disappointing season. They finished 6-6. Six and six. They didn't look very good.
2: With Tom Herman, the guy who was going to turn it
1: all around They're instantaneously. Saved, right? right. And then, like you mentioned, all the players that aren't there. And Drew Locke has never looked better. Texas lost to Texas Tech in the final game of their season. As far as trend lines are concerned, everything's going Missouri's way. They yeah. gave up 27 points to Kansas also this year with a,
3: full, with a full lineup of mm-hmm. kids.
2: Yeah, after losing to them last year. <laughs> well, I think it's too hard. It's as a Missouri fan should be, it's hard to get too confident though. Right. I mean, we did go one and five. Right. And we have had an extended break. Mm-hmm. And a 10 month extended break in the middle of between seasons didn't help this team initially. Right. But you got to feel like if Drew Locke can stay hot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way that we can't win this game.
1: Well, and we've got Emmanuel Hall now, and the uh, you know, coaches didn't know about him before the season started this year, and now they do.
2: Well, and like, they were interviewing Marcel Frazier, and he said he played through uh, a shoulder injury and a torn quadricep for the first half of the season, and didn't really start to feel right until Georgia. Right. Which kind of makes sense. I had attributed his play getting better a lot to AJ Logan coming back from suspension, but if he was just starting to feel healthy, you know, maybe we can see a big game under Marcel. Yeah. Um, the D-line zoo.
1: You also have to wonder if Demario Crockett will be back for this game. Indicators yeah. are that he will be. Uh, and then we'd have a three-headed beast at running back. Mm-hmm. I think that is Texas's best asset, though. They have not allowed that many running yards. Mm-hmm. But indications are that Drew Locke should be able to pass all over Texas. Just chuck it down the field. Yeah, <laughs> all game long. Well, that's what we've been doing the second mm-hmm. half of the season,
2: and it has paid off. And Well, I mean, no, apparently if um, Emmanuel Hall decides to run a go route, no one can get within seven steps of him. He must be so fast. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't strike me as being that much faster than everybody else, but he apparently is. College defensive
3: backs are fucking terrible. So That's I only true. like two get drafted in the first three. Well, rounds.
2: Well, and I I, 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 Brendan hates when I do this. When I go Chiefs, but it's just like watching mm-hmm. Tyree kill. It's like on a field full of the fastest people on earth. He runs by people by eight steps, and you go, "How the fuck is that possible?" And it's the same thing with Manuel Hall. He, every corner who who tries to tr- get with him. It's just blown away, and I think that is
1: the big difference between last year and this year. Is we didn't have anybody who could do that. Jamon Moore had some ability to get away from guys, but he was it. And then it's when you've only got one guy, it's easy to uh, well. Jamon Moore it. is
2: at best a 50-50 proposition throwing the ball to him. Yeah, but as far as getting open, there's no yeah. question that he's been available. It's just when well, the that's, ball was that's in his hand. Well, that's part of the ball, reason Jamon takes so much crap is that you everyone can see. The talent. I mean, he, everybody knows.
3: He looks like fucking Des Bryant. He,
2: yeah, I mean, he's, he's a tremendous talent. He, if he was a fucking 5'10 white guy who ran a five forty, no one would care that he drops the ball or doesn't play very good because no one would expect him to. But yeah. he is a fucking Adonis. He has all the skill in the world and he makes tough catches. So you really feel like every th- problem that Jamon has is t- squarely between his ears. Well, I think the other big difference between last year and this year with the offense clicking is Albert O. Yeah, Alberto is a fucking manchild, and, and us using the
1: tight ends. Yeah, and Kendall Blanton is no slouch. No, no, and Jason Reese isn't terrible either. We have a three-headed beast at the tight end position, and we're using them. And we've got that one play where we toss it over the middle, and it works. God, like seventy-five percent of the time. Yeah, can't wait till next year when we add
3: another tight end to the to yeah, the mix. That's it's right,
2: great. Yeah, but we're gonna have uh, Joe John Finley running the offense instead of uh, Josh Heupel. Who that's knows right. what kind of difference that will make. You know, if you'd ask us through the first six games, would it matter if Josh Heupel is the offensive coordinator? We said, "Fuck no, that guy's terrible." <laughs> so, I mean, it's amazing how everybody ebbs and flows and their stock goes up and down. I mean, uh, Drew Locke, we were ready to throw him aside. We were ready to throw Josh Heupel to the dogs, and now suddenly both of those are very hot names. <laughs> I mean. Heiple's becoming the head coach at Central Florida. Right, one of the best. Great job. We have yeah. great, huge fucking bigger, job. one of the, better than most big fo- to power five jobs. Yeah, I think a, we lot, think of people people, a lot of, of people tell you that. People,
3: yeah. It's it's up there with like Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, things sure. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's great facilities, lots of young people. And we should downtown. mention
2: that we tweeted out that. um we have a source that told us that Drew Lock is definitively coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Lock's dad kind of took a whiz on that, but that doesn't mean it's not no, true that necessarily. Doesn't, that
1: doesn't not does
2: not mean anything. Drew yeah. Lock's
1: dad is going to say that.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I offered to some Pappy Van Winkle and talk about it. Drink, yeah. and he, he didn't get back, so I drank that, Pappy. <laughs> well, you should know. Yeah, yeah. You would have drank either. Way, yeah, I, to right. I had the bottle <laughs> out that
2: <laughs> night anyway. <laughs> Unless Drew Locke's dad was going to drive 100 miles an hour to your house the minute you made that tweet. There's some people will go that far for Pappy. That. It's yeah. a
3: rare beast right there. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple
2: bottles, Mr. Locke, if you'd still like to talk.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You're welcome to. Mm-hmm. Terry Beckner Jr.'s course will be there and everybody's going to be healthy and you never mm-hmm. know how many of these kids were suffering like Marcel Fraser was. Yeah.
1: So as much as a break can get you out of a rhythm, it can also make you very healthy.
2: Yes, it it can and uh, I there's no reason Mizzou can't stay hot. Yeah. Um, it, it's amazing
1: this year. Part of the reason I think we've done well is that we've been relatively injury free other mm-hmm. than Demaria Crockett and, yeah. and that hasn't mattered as much with Roundtree and Witter playing really well.
2: Yeah, and um uh, Mason getting kicked off the team is the best thing that happened to this team all season.
1: They exposed us to Emmanuel Hall. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Emmanuel will keep catching passes. He had a little streak in the middle of the season where he, Got the got the drop Got the dropsies a little bit, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be the late game on, uh, you know, ESPN, the bowl game, and I'm really wanting to kick the shit out of the fucking Longhorns. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. It would be sweet. The only the only matchup that would be m- more fun for me, I think, would be if we got to play in South Carolina or a Kentucky again, who continue to puff out their chest because they managed to beat us when we were at the doldrums. Mm-hmm. I would have really liked to got in their sh- crack at South Carolina. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll take Texas. I'll take Texas every day of the week. Absolutely. and Maybe Notre Dame. That would be nice to play Notre Dame.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to play them, too, because they're always so overrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anyway, Caleb, what are your thoughts on how this game will proceed? Collins said he thinks he could win by a couple of touchdowns. wouldn't surprise him.
3: Uh, Ten points, I think. Uh, it'll stay close because all those kids will be real excited to be playing down mm-hmm. there in Houston, and it'll take a little bit to get into it. So, so Caleb
2: the Greek says, uh, Mizzou, Mizzou says Mizzou by 10. if the line is... Uh, under ten, and it's it's
3: two and a half Mizzou right now. From what I saw before we started this, so, so you say take that action. I I would take it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think Missouri could start the game, much like Missouri's basketball team started a game against Illinois, with the yips. Mm-hmm. And they look jittery. Well, and even during our, our
2: big winning streak, we managed to throw an uh, interception on the first possession basically every game. Yeah, so. that
1: was sort of our move. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I think once things settle in, the offense will roll, and, and things, things should go our way. The big question, as has been all season – Will the defense be able to make stops when we need them to? Third and 8 we we'd like to get well, a stop they, once in a while.
2: They played better in the second half of the season, but they didn't look good against Arkansas. And no. that's the last look we've got at them. That's right.
1: It's it's always tough getting teams off the field with this Missouri defense. And if we can make, like I said, make a few stops, then things could roll because we do have a fast-paced offense. Although I will be interested to see how things look differently with Joe John Finley at the helm or if they'll look differently at all.
2: Well, from Texas's standpoint, too, we mentioned early in the – the show, the analogy if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, and that's what Texas is oh, going to yeah, do. Oh, yeah, they don't know. They have a terrible about. offense, Herman's got too. They have some Shane yeah. McSomething and some sophomore Sam McSomething, and mm-hmm. they're going to battle it out. And the McSomething brothers have <laughs> yeah, mixed somethings, and uh,
3: their second best receiver is suspended.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. His
3: no. first name starts with
2: Lil. And I think their <laughs> left tackle sitting out for the draft, I mean, they've got some. We got some problems. And anytime really? you're playing a team with two quarterbacks and not one quarterback, that is a good thing.
1: And I don't care where they play. If you have eight players out, that is going to cause a disruption in your ability to do. Yeah, what ask you Florida able. how that works out for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like that's their excuse. You mm-hmm. know. Oh, weird guys out. Yep. Anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I'm have a modicum of confidence that yep. Missouri can win this game.
2: Yeah. Uh, if they play the way the they one should. downside to having all these guys sit out or be suspended is Texas is going to have a built-in excuse for when Missouri beats them. But fuck them. I'd still, re- I'd rather beat them with excuses than lose to them with a full complement of players. <laughs> I don't give
1: a shit about the excuses. Every time we win the East Division, all we hear is excuses about why everybody sucked and if under different circumstances in a different world, they would have yeah. won. Who cares? You didn't. So <laughs> if we win this game, who cares? They didn't. That's, you know, the way I look at it. Fuck Texas. Basically, basically.
3: Great way to look at it, Brendan. Motto of the show right? is fuck
1: Texas. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, I think we should roll into not Kansas news this week, guys. We've got a little something special for really? you. Really? Nice. That's right. We've got Texas news.
3: Why was I heard there were three
1: kinds of suns? Of- Texas. Sunshine. Sunflowers. Sons of bitches. This
0: is
1: Texas News. Our first story for the day coming out of Texas is... <laughs> Texas Man Breaks Leg. While trying to have sex with horse. <laughs> that's a, ch- a chance you're willing to take sometimes. <laughs> it was a Texas man's third arrest for having sex with a horse. Mm-hmm. And this time he paid for it with pain. Well, sometimes you just can't quit. Carlo Castillo Jr. of age 45 was arraigned last week after an incident in which he allegedly broke his leg while trying to have sex with a horse. It was a third arrest related to sexual abuse with a horse since 2012. Hidalgo County Sheriff's Deputy said the horse me too movement in Texas is getting really <laughs> lost <of> traction lately. To <laughs> <laughs> report an injured man in their barn. When officers arrived, the woman identified the injured man as Castillo and said he had previously been arrested for having sex with her horses. In other cases, Castillo was ordered to stay away from her barn.
2: Well, this begs the question, like, you know, you can get a horse relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just buy yourself a horse. Get your Then you'll have to go into other people's barns. Get a get a be a real docile horse, maybe a real whore of a horse, you know. That's, that's, I was going to say maybe this woman has really slutty horses. You know, go to go to the sale barn, find a horse that weighs, wears a little too much mascara, mm-hmm. and bring out a horse back to your place. It yeah. sounds
3: like he's coming back for the same horse, though. <laughs> yeah, so maybe there's something magical mm-hmm. about the wizard well, well, sleeve on this. Yeah, thing. Well, clearly,
1: I think they're in a relationship. Yes. Yeah, so it's a different situation. Star-crossed lovers. We, no report on the age of the horse. Mm. You have to look in the horse's mouth to know whether yeah, sure, <laughs> it's of age or gives consent. Mm-hmm. All right, next story. Elementary teachers under fire after forcing poop inspections on students. When officials at an elementary school in Gustine, Texas, kept finding poop on the gym floor, they decided to get to the bottom of the matter. But their method of investigation has parents and students raising a stink. On Monday, Monday, officials at Gustine Elementary rounded up 24 students, divided them up by gender. Then the kids were ordered to pull down their pants far enough so the educators could see if there were any telltale stains. Okay. Uh-huh. This uh,
3: really happened?
1: This happened, at <laughs> mendina age 11 was embarrassed by the poop inspection i felt uncomfortable and didn't want to do it she oh she said. didn't like people looking at her asshole <laughs> no she said it felt like it violated my privacy her mom said that's that, weird it's her <laughs> mom. That's, like, that's fucking <laughs> weird her, her mom. mom's like hmm, we're gonna be rich yeah, yeah. she yeah. said she understands how frustrating feces on the floor can be but it's not an excuse to partially to look at my asshole <laughs> my kids assholes uh, i was <laughs> furious i mean furious she said if you can't do your job or you don't know what you're doing, you need to
2: be fired. As a parent, I, that, there's not a lot that makes me furious. You know what I mean? Like at, <laughs> at the school, you know, teachers get mad at my kid and you, you get a little frustrated sometimes, but no, that wouldn't make me mad. Like dad, my kids come home and say, Hey dad, you know what they made us do today? They pull down our pants and inspect our assholes. Yeah.
3: I mean, <laughs> the simple solution is buy yourself a camera. Yeah. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> it, it, maybe
2: video say, really? Or it. lock the gym doors. I yeah. mean, you know, like.
1: It gives new meaning to the white glove test. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bao hopes to have the investigation wrapped up by Thursday's school board meeting where some angry parents are expected to give officials, quote, unquote, a lot of crap.
2: This actually reminds me of a story from my uh, youth, Brennan. Okay, at, Uh at uh, In high school, if you'll allow me to digress. <laughs> okay. So they, uh, uh, oh, Colin's do. story is going to involve poo-poo. <laughs> no, it's not actually. Well, we can tell two stories if you want. But the, <laughs> there was a copy machine room like mm-hmm. with a... There was a room devoted to the copy machine right. at our high school in the hallway. Mm-hmm. and uh, For copying, I assume. Yes, for copying, but not of copying balls and assholes. Right. But that is what several students used it for one day and mm-hmm. then proceeded to throw those copies all over the floor of the hallway during, yeah. you know, during between periods. Well, our crafty principal thought, well, I'll snoop this out because those dum-dums didn't expect their boxer shorts to be clearly, uh-huh. you know, copied onto those copies of their balls and assholes. Uh-huh. What, uh, well, not to mention telltale moles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, herpes blisters were particularly telling. These uh, perpetrators, and I won't name their names, took off their underwear as soon as they'd done it. They had thought about this. And so, <laughs> one step ahead. Yeah, so he couldn't exactly prove it, though the seven kids involved, none of them, none of them were under her that day. <laughs> right. But he didn't have the evidence.
1: Well, you know, one kid without underwear, <laughs> that kind of tells it himself. <laughs> but yeah. when seven kids
2: don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I thought, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I can tell a shit story if you want, but we're, we can just move on. Well, you know, we've got a lot of time, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, there's just a kid that shit in his hand through threw it all over the bathroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but anyway, g- not a much of a story kid there. kid named Colin? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. My turds are never hard. It was I would have had to you know, borrow a cup from the cafeteria to do yeah, that okay. job. Okay, now
1: I'm ready for another <laughs> <Okay, laughs> story. Let's get to our final Texas story of the day. Everything's big in Texas, including spelling errors. <laughs> a, car dealer, out. a car dealership in Longview, Texas is seeing the writing on the wall after discovering a huge spelling error on their billboard. Six months ago, Gorman, McCracken, Mazda put up a billboard announcing a peace-of-mind warranty for all customers. Problem is, they meant peace, P-E-A-C-E and spelled it P-I-E-C-E. The spelling error faces away from the building, so it was unnoticed by employees until recently when typo-conscious customers have been giving the dealership a piece of their own minds. We've had several people complain about it, and we realize our mistakes, said General Manager Travis Porter. The dealership could change the sign, but has chosen to donate the amount it would cost to fix the sign, about $250, to the East Texas Literacy Council instead.
2: That makes no sense. Why yeah. don't you donate $250 and make your sign
1: correct? <laughs> I think that would be better. All yeah. right, well, fellas, it's a little different take, but... Uh, no meth? Well... The prairie dogs? <laughs> not nearly the prairie dog of my ass. to go home
3: and read the fucking news about
1: Kansas. Yeah, you'll have to.
2: Yeah.
1: I was hoping to find some uh, JFK conspiracy stories, but uh, I guess it's a little dated. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right, guys, why don't we take our final break for the day. When we come back, we are going to go around the horn for the final time of the season for the SEC because many, many teams from the SEC are in bowl games. Two of them are actually in the college football playoffs, so it should be interesting. Stay tuned for that. This is the Mazzotcast.
2: What's up, dum Dumps? It's your good friend Colin here. And I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine. And that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly beer as a Mazadcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazadcast fan, A true Missourian and a true American buy you some Schlafly beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly beer.
1: All right, guys, we're back, and it's time for our final time of the season to do our SEC Around the Horn, and I'm glad about it because it's our opportunity to once again use our fantastic jingle that Mike Steele provided us for our new Around the Horn segment for the SEC.
0: Well, well, we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus
3: loves football.
1: Oh, well, where do we start, guys?
3: Well. Mizzou plays the first game, but after that, we've got uh, several on the docket.
1: What's after Mizzou?
3: We've got Texas A&M versus Wake Forest.
1: Mm, this should be interesting because I don't know what to make of Texas A&M.
2: I don't know what to make of Wake Forest because I didn't know they had a football team. So, <laughs> yeah, a big SEC. What's the line ACC? on that matchup?
1: Round three, somewhere around three points. Well, I guess and Wake and a Forest must A&M. be better than. Yeah, A&M's favored. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't know. I guess I go with A&M just because I know what they are. Yeah,
2: sure. Let's say A&M. For sure. Forces hey, of Brandon, shouldn't school.
1: we? I mean, I brought him all the way over here. He's heavy as a lead balloon. You know what? You're you're very much right. And he's been drinking all show long. I didn't know that was possible, but he oh. has been. So,
2: Brandon, he's become sentient. I don't control him anymore. All right. Well, let's fire up the old Paul phone Let's get started. Nick Sabin, Nick Sabin. All right, Paul, thanks for joining us. What's that movie? Thank um, you. From like the 60s where the spaceship comes alive. How? Oh, 2001, A Space Odyssey? Yeah, it's basically, my, that's what my house has become. Yeah, well. A
1: lot of people, I mean, I don't know any way where we can disprove this to the general public that we do not run the Paul Finebot Twitter account. Yeah, we do not. <laughs> we do not. No, it is sentient. It mm-hmm. is its own thing. If we were smart, we would have. <laughs> yeah, it. I know. Like we kind of kicked ourselves when we realized that. Yeah. No, Paul is his own Is his own thing. Yes, sir. All right, Paul. Are you excited for the holidays?
0: Happy holidays.
2: All right. Thanks, Paul. Hey, he didn't say Merry Christmas.
0: Happy holidays.
2: Paul. It's the season. You're going to get yourself in trouble now.
0: Merry Christmas to all.
1: Thank you, Paul. All right. So, uh, yeah, we had Texas A&M versus Wake Forest. Paul, who do you think could win that game?
3: Texas A&M.
1: Okay. Yeah, to be expected. Sure. All right. What's next?
3: We have Kentucky versus Northwestern. And Northwestern is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, as yeah. it stands. Well, North Cinderella
1: story of Kentucky is a dog? <laughs> That's right. Northwestern's looked good the last couple of years. Uh, Kentucky... It was not bad this season. Obviously, they, they beat us. They weren't good. No, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, again, it's, it's two teams that never face each other, two conferences that don't go against each other often. And a conference
2: I don't watch. I mean, I really only watch
1: the SEC. So, yeah. So I, I don't know what to make of that. Although that's a pretty big line, I would think. I, if I were a betting man, I would, I don't know that Kentucky'd win, but I don't know that I'd take the, uh, take those points.
2: I will. Kentucky gets housed. Yeah,
3: yeah I hope that uh, another journalism school just takes him down.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah.
3: Revenge the earlier loss by Mizzou. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Paul,
1: what do you think? Kentucky. Yeah, okay. of course.
3: He's drunk. Mississippi State is next on the docket playing Louisville.
1: I wanted some uh some whiskey. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. Well we gave him eggnog earlier. Thanks for the eggnog. You're welcome, <laughs> Paul. <laughs>
0: I'll have another. <laughs> I bet you right. will.
1: Mm-hmm. So after the, uh, the big journalism school matchup? Mississippi State versus
3: Louisville, and Louisville is a six-and-a-half-point favorite.
1: Mm, Louisville's a like trash. Yeah, I think Mississippi State can win that game. Yeah, I I'm going to say Mississippi State. All right, and Paul, who do you think? Mississippi State. <laughs> Very similar, yeah. And
3: uh, South Carolina plays Michigan.
1: Mm. Mm. Oh, Clay well. Travis's favorite team. Yeah, I expect Michigan to whoop South Carolina. My seven
2: thought. and a half points, for Michigan. Well, yeah, the drink. Well, <laughs> the uh, according to Clay Travis, I'm sure South Carolina won. And Clay Travis has certain things he loves to harp on. You yes, know, sir. Kneeling players during the anthem. Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James. Yeah. And uh, Michigan and and Jim Harbaugh. He is just like they're the most overrated. Jim Harbaugh's like, bub, bub, bub. It's Paul. like Paul Feinbaum's got a little of that in on his own. Oh yeah, they deserve. But wait till, wait till Jim Harbaugh takes a position in the SEC. No. And they will fucking, you know, dip him in a bat of gold and put him on top of a statue and worship Bron- at his you fucking bronzes, feet. I'm not sure yeah. about that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not sure about that. But yeah, so, uh, I'm going to say, uh, Michigan just because I think South Carolina's smoke and mirrors. All right. Michigan. South Carolina. <laughs> of course.
3: And then we're going to go to Auburn versus undefeated UCF.
1: Oh, yeah, the best school in America. Mm-hmm. As yeah. we all know.
3: And yeah. the best school in America is a nine and a half point dog.
2: Without Frost, their coach now. Yeah. Who
3: is also the greatest coach to uh, ever coach football. Yeah, he's going
2: to turn Nebraska around in uh, one. Single season, it's going to be immaculate. They're going to be right about that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They're going to get kids from Florida and California and Texas to come play at
2: Nebraska. Uh, The thing I love about the Scott Frost hires, maybe it'll work out, but it's going to be Butch Jones, I feel like. You know, they're, they're so excited to have Scott Frost. He's the true son. He's going to come back. He's going to solve every woe for Mm -hmm. Nebraska. He's going to make them relevant for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. And then three years from now, they're going to be fucking screaming for his head. And Nebraska will be like, what happened to us? Why aren't we the black jerseys? That was good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Paul. <laughs>
3: yeah, I agree. Next up is LSU versus Notre Dame. I don't care what the
1: line is; I'm taking LSU. Yeah, I think LSU will pound them.
3: LSU by 666. Yep. Yeah, that's a good line.
1: LSU, Eddo's LSU, their
3: number. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we get into the Big Bowl games. God you know how a plan to bring me home. <laughs> Ed. fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm. I
3: wonder what he ate for Christmas.
2: Everything, everything is the answer to that.
3: Yes, yes is the answer. Yes, but we it was, should be pretty salty. <laughs>
2: yeah, but everything you ate was salty. I feel like he just drinks tanning fluid, self tanner. He just chugs it. I think the you know, inside of him is tanned to the outside. Be,
3: even if he's not a coach, someone should just hire him to talk.
2: Oh, well, he's if, yeah. if, if, if if and when LSU shit cans him in a matter of years, he should definitely go to the SEC network's you know game day show.
3: Him and Mike Leach with their own show. Oh my god, together
2: and they don't even talk about football.
3: Very good friends. Yeah. Just throw a subject out there and let those two talk about it. <laughs> just chew it up. I know your mama. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, big Bowl game. Georgia, Oklahoma. All right. Now we're into the
2: college football playoff right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. SEC managed to get two teams in there despite being such a lowly conference, you know, as Danny Cannell will tell you every year. Or, is, no, am I saying that? Who is who is it? Is it Danny Cannell? Danny
3: Cannell's the one that hates the SEC. Yeah. I was going
2: to say, isn't he the one that's constantly telling us how bad the SEC is despite the, you know, Evans to the contrary every single year can't we just all get along i know paul really where's the drink <laughs> god damn it
3: georgia sure. is is favored by two now uh, for what i just looked at now that may not be everywhere but what i looked at they were a two-point favorite.
2: boy i mean in the nfl it's hard to bet against a quarterback the the best quarterback mm-hmm. and college maybe a little less so but I mean, it's hard to bet against baker mayfield i agree
1: well, i'm not gonna bet against him
2: i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> will not either yeah paul what do you think Georgia,
3: they are a really good football team. I don't disagree. Well. Any other time in the world, I, I I like Georgia since I've been a kid. I did I like too. Like Georgia, but Baker Mayfield is something different.
2: No, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I agree. Not sure about that. Fall, all good right, tankers. okay.
1: No.
3: final final game. Alabama, three point favorite. Versus Clemson, part three.
1: Yeah, this is the uh, rematch from a couple of finals, and this is a different Clemson team than we've seen in mm-hmm. the past, although Alabama doesn't look as good as they have in the last yep. couple of years, at least
2: down the stretch anyway. Well, Clemson's miss- missing a certain player um, by the name of uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And uh, some people might think that he's a difference maker. Yeah, he is a difference maker. You know, Houston fans certainly feel that way. Yeah, I think I, I would choose Alabama in this one.
0: They're fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we know them all. <Paul>. We know. <laughs> he likes them. But uh, I would take Alabama, too. I'm just, I mean, I feel like as a individual or a gambler, you're just always safer just taking Alabama. Mm-hmm.
3: I would like to watch Alabama play uh, Oklahoma.
1: Nick Saban. That yeah, would be a good game, but I also think I would pick Alabama mm-hmm. in that one. Because, you know, I don't know. When it comes to it, when it's playoff time, it's hard to bet. Against Nick Saban,
0: they're fantastic.
1: Yeah, we know Paul. Yeah, so I guess we're basically—are we predicting the yeah, yeah, All SEC Final?
2: <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, we—I said Oklahoma. I think yeah. I'm, I'm going uh-huh. Mayfield. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, okay, you know, so Oklahoma, that, alabama it would be my my
1: pick, my guess. okay love you agree with
3: that's, that? That's what I'd pick. That's what yeah. I want to see.
1: The Greek thinks it's Alabama, Oklahoma. we'll so yeah. go take that to the bank. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh let's go to the first game of the bowl season and the only one we really care about, which is Missouri. Missouri versus texas in the texas bowl i'm gonna go with mizzou and by double digits yeah and and we talked about it so caleb you said 10, 10. earlier yeah,
2: 10 the greek says 10
1: paul do you think missouri can win this game
2: i'll pass on watching the missouri game well that doesn't answer the question paul yeah who do you think will win texas yeah i mean yeah, that's not surprising yeah absolutely I huh. mean, paul is a dyed in the wool sec guy but except except when it comes to missouri yes sir
1: yeah. Paul, you don't even feel just a little bit of the holiday spirit and, uh, you know, give us a little something for that.
2: I don't, I don't have a good answer for you right now. All you got to say is Mizzou. <laughs> Everybody happy.
1: <laughs> Paul, I think Drew Locke's going to be the difference in this game, don't you? Who is Drew Locke? It's not what watching. He does done. not watch a lot of Missouri football. Yeah. All right, guys. So that'll do it for around the horn in the SEC for the season, for the year. And, uh, we will obviously have a, game, uh, a podcast after the football game and then of course sure. during the college football playoffs but before we get into all that i think we do have a candidate for douche of the week even though there's no game to play for uh Kirk farmer's hair yeah we sure do and this is uh, sponsored by game six
2: honky-tonk in st louis the tj moe douche of the week
1: douche of the, the
0: week,
2: week. I'm almost loath to say this because I know he listens and gets very butt hurt anytime we mention his name, but one of St. Louis' um, radio programs or, I don't know, podcasts or a blogosphere. Bloggers- it was TJ Moe's show. Oh, TJ Moe's yeah. show. So it was yeah. fucking douche on douche crime. Um, <laughs> Gabe Diarman, when asked about Glenn Ellerbee's leaving Mizzou, UFC is a better job than some Power Five schools. I'm going to hurt some feelings, but you could make an argument. It's a better job than Missouri. <laughs> I would like to hear that argument.
1: Yeah. A lot of people can make bad arguments for a lot of things, but the, there is no comparison. I think he backtracked a little bit on this one and said, well, I'm not saying that they are better. i just saying a, a, an argument could be made because they're in Florida and there's a recruiting hotbed and because it's a great big school. And they played lesser competition, but.
3: And Harry Potter's uh, world of wizardry right now. Universal the Studios right That's there. True.
1: That Epcot be, Center's right you're there. We're talking about things that 18, 19 year old kids are really into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. That, is, that, is, those are all good points. However, I think the prevailing point that makes this ridiculous is that when UCF goes 12-0, and 0, they're not eligible. They're the
3: number 12 team
1: in the
0: country. <laughs> yes.
1: And when Missouri it- has been one game from the college football playoff themselves, or I'm sorry, this was during the BCS era, one game from the national title game in the BCS with a loss, I mean, it's clear that it's better to be a Power 5 school. It's better to be in the SEC. It's better to be Missouri.
2: Yeah. One year of Power 5 school. You're in a, the best conference in college football. Um, you're gonna make power five money. <laughs> you know what I mean, something tells me even though they're in Florida, that uh, Missouri probably may have enough cachet as a recruiter than <laughs> as UFC. I mean, UCF, UCF well, they well, they win like six games last incorrect. season and they went zero games a year before that. I mean, right. Is this the same school that didn't have a program for a while? I'm, I'm not going to say
1: that it's a better job because I think that's a terrible argument. Maybe it's a better place to be the head coach, be named head coach, because it seems to be a you would jumping no, off point. You would
3: have no pressure on you
2: down there. Absolutely. There's, There's no, no pressure. Are,
3: your at, fans are blue-haired old ladies. <laughs> I will not
2: make that argument in any way, shape, or form. It is a worse job in every I'm not saying it's a better way. job at all. I would never say that. <laughs> You'd you have, have to be, be a, a fucking moron.
1: <laughs> but I'm saying that get a head coaching job down there. You go 11-1, and one and then the real jobs that people care about the good yeah, jobs yeah. at power five schools will become calling
2: because you did such a good job at a school that isn't important my question is is that if this is the case you know if um uh, josh heupel you know has a good year and the barry odom for some reason leaves mizzou if they offer the job to josh heupel to coach missouri will he go fuck no right look, look at the fucking sweet gig i got are you kidding me yeah it was just an asinine comment. If it and was even, such a
1: good school, then Josh Heupel wouldn't be a candidate for their head coach.
2: Yeah, they, that, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. All <laughs> the, right. The thing is, is that even this is this even got the dyed in the wool um, ParmaZoo guys mad. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. "Listen, this is it's way just hard off." To do. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, uh, I think uh, it's a uh, worthy of a douche of the week award. All right, that's the winner. Congratulations, douche of the week. Douche, douche of the, the week. week. So uh we also have a new award, What's sort it? of kinda. Okay. Um, you know, we're obviously not gonna have a mazad cast for every fucking basketball game. We're not even gonna do it every weekend because we're lazy. Yeah, Any- we've done this is our second one in the month. Yeah, so uh but we are gonna come to you periodically. obviously after the bowl game and when the conference play starts in basketball and obviously NCAA tournament. I mean, we're not going to completely box you guys out. But since we're going to be covering basketball, we have to start giving away a certain award, an award that personifies greatness mm-hmm. um, for a basketball player on our Mizzou squad. And we're going to name that award, uh, a name coined by uh, our Kayla Bumgart, the Monty Harge Neck Roll Player of the Game. Absolutely. So uh, it's the Monty Harge Neck Roll Player of the Month, actually, because we're not going to do a game-to-game. So... Um, basically, let's take the season so far, fellas, and, uh, Mm -hmm. talk about who has been Mizzou's, uh, stalwart. So, there, that's really, I think it's tough to
1: name one because Jeremiah Tillman is the guy who's gotten me most excited. Just having a big man who is powerful and can dunk the ball with authority and takes up space down there, that gets me excited. John T. Porter gets me excited because he is clearly very talented and he's Mm -hmm. not going to be gone after one year. Yep. That's exciting. I don't know that you can name either of those guys player of the month. Um, I think more
2: like a Barnett. Cassius Robertson Cassius or Barnett, Barnett, are Barnett are the, are the two I think are, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's, Wolf, or Wolf. <clears> or yeah, Wolf <throat> is w- shooting 100% from the three point line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, Tillman is the guy everybody's the most excited about. And rightly so. The guy is a fucking beast and, uh, terrific footwork. I mean, he just, he rebounds, he blocks shots. I mean, he is a complete big man. And, uh, Jonte is very hit and miss at this point, but he's fucking 17 or 18 mm-hmm. years old. So we'll give him that. Cassius Robertson goes out there and fucking fires the ball with, You know, he has confidence. You can see, to this point, we've had some games with some gravity behind them, and he is the one player on this team to this point that never looks rattled. Like, he's ready to go up there and shoot threes no matter what. He's unafraid. And then Barnett, who has just been a workhorse. I mean, the guy Mm -hmm. scores somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 points a game, sometimes quietly, but uh, he also has a thunderous dunk at some point in every game, which gets the fans all excited. I think he's shooting like 91% from the free throw line, too, which is... Mm -hmm. Can't be overstated Especially on this team Which has not been good From the, the free throw strike Although they're better This year than last year right? Yeah Well uh, that's hard to imagine with they're like 71% with, You know that fundamental Basketball that Kim Anderson Was, was throwing out <laughs> yeah, there You, you can't right. believe They weren't better at defense And playing And, and shooting from the strike But um, I'm going to go with Barnett What do you say Caleb?
3: I'm with
1: you on the Barnett
2: I think let's let's make it unanimous Alright well so uh, Congratulations Mr. Barnett You are the Monty Harge Neckroll Player of the Month Okay,
1: guys. It's been a fun season. And uh, we got one game of football left to play in 2017. And we'll be there for it. So Merry Christmas, fellas. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. Happy, uh, Mm hmm Happy Honda days.
3: Yeah. Don't forget about that in in
1: the Lexus December to remember. Yeah. Absolutely. All of those things. On that note, let's sign off to the regular season of the Mazodcast. It's been a good one. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers.
0: I'll drink to that.